Welcome back all once again to the 54th instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 21st of March 2017. Welcome back. We've got a great panel this week. We've been working with two extra surgeons previously. This week we've got a founding surgeon back as well. First of all, they're very happy to welcome back the Iceman. Hi, Pete. Welcome back. And uh, joining us, we're delighted to have him back for the first time since the uh, the start of the season. Uh, he won our mini league last year. He finished very, very high up in the overall standings. Welcome back. Senor Lemons, Mr. Lloyd Parker. Hi, guys. Actually, Charlie Parker, but yeah, nice to be back. Big time Charlie Parker is back. And once again, a little bit of a slow start, but true to form like last season, flying up the leagues, and I'm sure he'll tell us all about that in just a moment. We're also very uh, very happy to have on, again, another international guest. Uh, we were with Sid in India previously. We had Mika from Finland last week. And this week we're in New Zealand. We're very happy to have our cup competition winner. Some of you who follow us on Twitter would have been able to see, uh, well, rather the mug that he won for winning that competition. Welcoming to the podcast for the first time, Mr. Simon Garner. Thank you very much. Greetings. Thank you for joining us. What, what time is it there in New Zealand? Uh, it's coming up to about half past ten in the morning. Half past ten in the morning. So uh, appreciate the effort to join us at this time. Um, Simon, you won our cup. That's no mean feat. Plenty entered that. Um, and you very kindly put up the picture with your trophy on Twitter, which you ended up with two of for, for some reason. Um, just tell us a bit about your involvement with FPL. Yeah, sure. So it actually started with, it started when I was a kid, when I was about fifteen. There was a there was a magazine called Shoot in England, and you could do you could do a fantasy team there. And what you do is you choose your team, and then you post your team in, and that was it. That was all you did the whole year. And then if you were like top hundred, you basically got published in the magazine. Um, but beyond that, I've been doing um, FPL for about six seasons now. But I'd say it's, I've only been um, doing it properly for about three seasons. So about three three seasons ago, I started sort of reading articles and looking at a few more stats and taking it more seriously. That That is the common theme of a lot of our listeners. It starts with just a bit of fun, then it turns into something a lot more statistical, and then it, it really hooks you. I've got to say, pick it up on what you said about shoot there. I used to be more of a match man myself. But um, yeah, clearly your pedigree in FPL goes back many years. I have to ask, Simon, in terms of New Zealand, obviously known for rugby, um, is Steve, or rather, is Winston Reid the greatest export from New Zealand in terms of footballing terms to date, or are we missing someone? Um, yeah, probably is. There is another guy called Chris Wood as well that's playing in the championship. I think, he, he, I think he's from New Zealand. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah he, used cool. at, um, he used to be at Millwall a number of years ago. And he, he he was doing really well. I know Mill will try to keep hold of him, uh, but I think Nottingham Forest ended up buying him for about a million about a million pounds, and it was a bit too bit too expensive for Mill at the time. So yeah, <laughs> either Reed or, or Chris Wood, but he's got he's got a phenomenal record this year. I think he scored yeah. he's scored against quite a few of the teams in the championship. So um, yeah, yeah, he, he's absolutely flying. He got a couple at the weekend as well for Leeds. So um, and I know actually. Um, uh, needless stat, but actually, when the the team that was courting Diego Costa um, over the the transfer window, when they pulled out, that club did actually start to look at Wood as a, as another option. So his pedigree is on the rise. But some uh, two class players there, and Woodsy won't uh, praise Winston Reid enough when he talks to him about West Ham. Yeah. 
Great to have you on the pod, though, Simon. It'll be interesting to see what you're looking at over the uh, the next game week. First of all, chaps, let's go around and look at our teams and how we got on. Jim, if I could come to you first, how did you get on this week? Yeah, great week this week. I got scored 85, which is finally... It was due in our terms. I had uh, I had Lukaku as my captain, so I hit that 32. And what were my decisions? I played Pickford over Foster. I subbed in... Oh, Sanchez, sorry. <laughs> of course, Sanchez. Uh, nine points he scored me, but he may be injured. Although I did just see a picture of him training for... Uh, who is it? Who's he training for? Chile. Chile. So, yes, yeah, I saw him uh, training for Chile recently, so he might be uh, available. So, yeah, doing all right now. Interesting, yeah. Well, you came off good with the uh, Lukaku captaincy. Charlie, send your uh, I did all right. Got 60, 67 points I got. Got had Pickford who scored well, had Coleman who scored well, and obviously Captain Lukaku. Deli Ali did all right, but uh, Mawson this week killed me by scoring an own goal and getting minus one. So yeah, he didn't have the greatest of returns. Also, the first time I've had Costa pretty much all season, and he got a yellow card and did nothing. So that was a frustration. Yes, and talk with the match of the day boys as well. That Costa's returning to his old feisty ways. So is that, is that a concern for you and wanting to get rid of him at this point? It is a concern, and one thing actually reflecting back is that. He very rarely gets big score calls, like Lukaku can score big, Aguero can score big, Sanchez can score big. Costa might crop up with a goal, but he very rarely gets kind of two or three in a game. So that's one thing that's kind of a bit of a, a drawback, I think, of having Costa. Yeah, I agree. Is it like I think we spoke about last week? His point ceiling, I think the Iceman mentioned last week, isn't that high. But as a consistent performer, I don't think he's a bad option to have in your team moving forward no. in the absence of Harry Kane. But a decent score nonetheless for you. Simon, how'd you do? Did pretty good this week. I'm I'm really pleased. I got I got 76 points. Uh, like you guys, I also kept in Lukaku. Pretty pretty easy choice, really. Um, so I was going to transfer in Pickford and Valencia for a hit, which would have um, probably put me into sort of around 80 points. But I held my held my free transfer for after the international break. Um, I brought in King the week before, and he got me a nice eight points. Stuck with Aguero with six and but unfortunately I had Lanzini on my bench and he got ten. I played uh, Lorenta over him, which is a bit of a yeah, a bit gutting really. Yeah, there's a growing case for Lanzini. I'm sure we'll talk about that in the West Ham game, but a good score nonetheless. Um well, I only got sixty two points this week. I didn't take a hit, so I was fairly happy, but unfortunately all others around me scored well, like the Iceman and uh, Charlie Parker. So both went above me this week. Um, I made the fatal mistake. I backed Kun as my captain rather than Lukaku, so that cost me dearly. Otherwise, that man Heaton came up with a big 10-point haul again. Nod to the Iceman there. Um, Alonso with his routine six points. Uh, and Aguero, of course, scoring as well. I also brought in uh, King from the week before, and he came up with eight points. So a fairly decent spread around the team, just a costly captain choice. So let's have a look at our fancy football surgery mini-league and uh, how things are going in the top there. So... A few different uh, a few different players popping up once again. Um, in 10th place, so the great score actually this week of 98, we've got Florid, Nikolai Dimitrov. In 9th place, ex-surgeon Luke Thunberg, Insane and De Bruyne, 69 points. The special one has actually now dropped down, so Dimitar Todorov is down to 8th. Out of the running in the top two, it's looking like at the moment. Mika is actually up into 7th, so after appearing, featuring for us last week, he is now in the mini-league and he's up into 7th place, so uh, cheers for joining there, Mika. The RK Mavericks, Kunal Roran, consistent as ever with an 80-point score in 6th. Banana Nose Maldonado, Matthew Greco in 5th. Biggles Wingmen, 
Big jump for them this week up into fourth place. Ayu Fur-Real, Mohamed Ismail up into third. Andrea Salander, who's been up there all season with Anticlante United, remains in second. But once again, we've got the Beards' favourite team, the Bricklayers in first, with Anders FK with an 88-point haul for the week. Very strong. He also brought in Sanchez this week for Coutinho. He made exactly the same move as me. So it shows that I might be doing the right things as well. Bit of a defensive masterclass from him. He had Alonso, Coleman, Smith and Heaton all coming up with the goods for him. So a great spread of players. Yeah, nice. So Quick before shout we move out on for, to uh, Dick Fry, who uh, <laughs> is in 16th for I and George talking about last year, so he's doing well again this yeah. year. So consistent he, performer. He also gives us a lot of chat over Twitter, so you should get involved, Lloyd. You're not on Twitter anymore, are you? No, dangerous world, the social media world. <laughs> very, very dangerous world. Well, well, thank you, uh, Dick Fry, for continuing to contribute to the chat on Twitter. Very strong from you. Um, speaking of Twitter, now we're doing a weekly poll again. This was, uh, I've got to credit TC Tom Campbell with this idea, again, a, a fairly regular surgeon on the podcast. The the question we posed you all this week in our poll, with the weekend done, who are you turning to to replace Harry Kane? So the dust has settled a bit. We've had a chance to see some of the form. And we gave you the options of Costa, Lukaku, Aguero or Vardy. Now, of course, some of you may already have these players um, in your team. So it wasn't surprising to see that uh, 46% of the vote went to, interestingly, the form of Jamie Vardy. Abdullah Al-Mumun, uh, Marmun, sorry, who chose not to vote, just tweeted us not a clue. So that was the uh, that was the other option really I should have put on there, but there we go. But Vardy appears to be where the form's going at the moment. And again, chaps, I'll ask you to consider him when we talk about Leicester. Just to interject here with a recording that I did earlier today of an interview with the founders of the new FPL magazine. If you've not already heard, there is a new and first FPL magazine that has just been brought out and we have the founder and producers of this new magazine and they're kind enough to talk about it with us. So welcome to the podcast, Jamie and James from FantasyFootballMag.com. Hello, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on, guys. Um, welcome to the podcast. So, uh, just to start, can you tell the lis- listeners what the magazine is all about and why have you started it and your reasons for actually starting the magazine and the website itself? Sure. Um, should I should I take this, James? And then Jamie, you, you, take, it, mate, you take the mic. You take the mic. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, the plan was basically to just get all of our favourite writers in one place. Yeah, and that's where it sort of came from, really, and that's that's what it is. Um, the first edition is very much just there's so many good people around there now that now that FPL is huge, so many good writers. We were impressed by the work of Peter Blake, Trev G, and the likes of those on Twitter. And yeah, we we basically wanted to gavel them into one place and create some kind of new product. Yes, it sounds really exciting to read. I, I haven't had time to read it yet. It looks like you're kind of unlocking the best ways to actually play FPL and how to improve on it. Is that kind of one of the reasons why you want to get it out there as well? Just help people as much as you can? Absolutely, mate. You're in for a treat, let me tell you. It, it was <laughs> No, it was... Um, it's. I mean, basically what we, we looked at and we thought, um, you know, what what would we kind of like to see... Um, as far as advice goes, that maybe isn't being isn't readily available at the moment. And so uh, one of the things that we really tried to put an emphasis on was kind of the fundamentals of of doing well in FPL. You know, what what kind of what kind of principles do um, do people who are really good at FPL? Because you know, you get this thing 
this whole it's a marathon not a sprint mantra yeah, yeah. um you'll hear it all the time uh usually from people that have done awfully i hasten to add <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a marathon true. not a sprint don't yeah. worry it's a yeah. marathon not a sprint. yeah and um <laughs> But it's true, you know, there are some guys in my mini leagues, for example, who just seem to absolutely smash it every year. And you think this isn't just luck anymore. These guys are doing something and I want to know what it is. And and basically, you know, unfortunately, I'm not a good enough FPL manager myself, but (laughs) our writers definitely are. This was just like an elaborate ploy for me and James to get some tips. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you've done really well. I I know you've got the likes of, like you say, Peter Blake, and I saw the FPL generals on there who's been on this podcast. And yeah, they're really knowledgeable guys. So what do kind of the articles consist of? Is it a magazine which is comprised of stats, random articles? Is it going to be uh, game week involvement, like seeing all the different stats Uh, from the game week? We were very... One thing that like we kind of had to look at early on was how to make a product that didn't expire too quickly because obviously if you're yeah. making a magazine it involves a lot of designing and stuff so we didn't want to make it and say pick Aguero for the last eight weeks or something like that yeah. because then it just expires. Um, so the magazine largely consists of stuff which is either like questions that are asked a lot we're trying to answer but then we also try and throw in some new like angles to fancy Premier League so things like game theory um, which is a really interesting article. And then, of course, the work of like Peter and stuff, which is just like incredibly forward-thinking. And also, <clears throat> you interview someone who's won, I believe. Is that Absolutely. Is that yeah, yeah, Tom. Good old Tom. What yeah, he, like? this, guy's, this guy's just on like, another level. He, um, he won in the 13-14 uh, the season, but since then, he's consistently finished incredibly high he's been i think eleven thousandth in the season subsequently yeah um he uh he just doesn't know how to lose he's the annoying guy in the mini league <laughs> that i was talking about earlier yeah um, we've got one of and them. he's he's basically him and, and and the other guys are are the embodiment of what the magazine's meant to be about these are the consistent managers who um who have kind of unlocked the secret to fbl and we're we're basically trying to get them to share it with the uh, the masses in the hopes that people like me and Jamie can can slowly improve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just a good tactic. It does sound like it's, it's going to have some really good information in there. What are, are your you two? What are your kind of passion behind this? And what are your FPL background? How well have you done up until now? Then uh, <laughs> I declined to answer that question. <laughs> no, Jamie, you've done all right, haven't you? All right, yeah, I'm okay. Um, I came like 14,000th last year. Oh, nice. Uh, That's all right. But, I mean, like, I, I usually finish in the top 100k, but this year I'm like 900k or something. Yeah. But it's kind of distorted by the chips, you know, like, it is. I still have my chips intact pretty much. Yeah, so. I'm sure you, like to... you go over that in the magazine as well, is that right? Well, I would like to stress that we don't write much stuff in the magazine. Um, <laughs> the advice you're getting will not be from. <laughs> right, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So how, how regularly do you think you'll be releasing this particular magazine? How many will you be releasing as well? Um, the plan's to go print, actually, in the near future, um, whether that's for the next edition or not. Um, we have quite a lot of things planned for that already. Um, James has actually planned the content for it, haven't you, James? Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a contents <laughs> for uh, for edition two already. Oh. That's that's two days after release, wow. and James is. I'm pretty excited by it already. To be honest, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pushing fifty pages, so uh, and we'll definitely add to that as uh, as the weeks go by. You but must we have plan loads to. Of um, 
<laughs> well, we haven't actually asked in here. No, we just opened a little one right for us. <laughs> oh, nice. If you've ever written for FBL, you can probably expect an email in your inbox after the next week or so. Because, uh, we're pretty much calling upon everyone for the next one. So, uh, like it. Yeah. You do sound like you've done a lot of effort to kind of get all these writers to just give you a bit of content. It does sound like a lot of effort gone in here. It's a, it's a labour of love, but um, obviously the effort really is on is on the writers' part. They're the ones that are actually producing the wisdom and you know and giving the insight. Um, as Jamie said at the beginning, we're uh, we're more the ones that kind of uh, ask them as nicely as we possibly can to uh, bestow something upon us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but no, it's been a lot of hard work. But I think I, I think Jamie would agree. It's it's been really worth it. You know, the feedback's been great people seem to realize that it's something new and uh, and that's that's lovely for us yeah it's, it's new and it's exciting and i think people are going to be interested in it i mean how are you other than like coming on this podcast probably going on other podcasts and advertising how else are you going to advertise the product and get it out there um we're largely hoping for word of mouth really yeah. um yeah um we we have like a partnership with a bunch of our favorite sites twitter handles um so they're going to push it to their followers um and yeah we're kind of just word of mouth is doing really well for us at the moment um mm. yeah we had like a thousand downloads yesterday which was great nice. um yeah we're just hoping that it, it can kind of reach as many people as possible just organically really the build it yeah. and they will come bilson's model yeah yeah i see you've also got a a uh, hundred pound prize from running from game week 30 to 38 so it looks like joining that league first place prize 50 pound top scorer for double game week 34 and top scorer for double game week 37 uh 25 pound a piece there so yeah if you if you want to get involved download this magazine and the joining code is on there if you want it now the joining code is 21444 10005598 so yeah that, that sounds pretty exciting as well you've got some money involved there should be fun yeah cool me and james won't be winning it so <laughs> I, I was gonna say yeah it's gonna be a humiliation for us but uh <laughs> we should have used pseudonyms but there we go <laughs> cool so is there anything else you want to kind of mention about the magazine which we haven't already gone over um we decided today that we're gonna that the ebook is gonna continue coming out free of charge um which is pretty big news, That's big news yeah i'll definitely be doing that <laughs> Um, and we're we're getting quotes from printing companies about printing future issues. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the extent of which we've reached. It's only been a few days since that release, so I'm just catching up on sleep. Really, what about you, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just you know, collating feedback and hoping to improve where we can on next edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Just for the listeners, it's uh, fantasyfootballmag.com. They've got Twitter, which is at fantasyfooty uh, with a Y mag, FPL magazine. So if you want to get involved, follow that, go on the website. And uh, yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. Cheers for having us. Now it's back to Billy to go over the games for the upcoming game week. But without further ado, let's move on to our game week fixtures. Uh, now, of course, we've got the international break over the next uh, couple of weeks. So the next fixture is going to be on the 1st of April. We've got a number of Saturday fixtures and a couple of Sundays. The other thing you need to consider with these is that then the teams play again midweek on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So keep that in mind in terms of rotation. First of all, though, Iceman, um, coming to you, we've got Liverpool versus Everton. Who do you like in this one and moving forward? You've got your your obvious ones here in Lukaku. He almost trolled us, Captainers, when 
He was he wasn't scoring a point until Hull got a player sent off. But yeah, he got those two goals and assists. It just shows he's just so prolific. But I'm I'm going to put a, a quick marker on Barkley here. I mean, his output looks good as a player. He takes lots of shots. He creates lots of chances. He just doesn't do it in the kind of dangerous zones. But he is the highest chances created in the league so far with 64 so far this season. He, he's only got four goals this year, and last year he got six. So we're kind of hoping for more for. From him, he's only actually taken 64 shots in total. But I do think that he's probably the uh, more consistent Everton player. The only thing with Everton players is they've got no double game week, and so has Liverpool. They've both got no double game week. A lot of managers thinking that you've got to be thinking about these double game weeks, which we'll talk about. There's one coming up for game week 34, which has just been announced for Crystal Palace, Man United, and Middlesbrough. Uh, so you've got to be kind of thinking about these and your wild card options as well. So for me, I don't actually feel like you should be bringing anyone in from either of these two teams. But if you are punting on Everton, who seem to be flying at the moment, I would go, you know, the obvious ones in Lukaku and Barkley. Gee, I just thought I'd support you with that ice man. I mean, a lot of the traffic coming Barkley's way in that last game, 82 touches, four successful dribbles. So you're seeing more of those driving runs that his trademark um and uh, in terms of chances created, three in the last game. And like we talked about last week, with Lukaku now finishing well, looks a good option um, if, if you want an Everton play in your side. I think certainly if you've got Barkley, he's one to play. Interesting. And Simon, any thoughts? So I agree, um, Lukaku. I'm probably going to keep him throughout the next few weeks, even though he hasn't got the double game week. He's just... I think he's probably just the best best striker in the league at the moment, and as was mentioned earlier on, he's getting some he's getting some big hauls as well. Um, another person that stood out for me is um, Vinaldum. He has been been playing quite well recently. He's got probably he's got three three returns in his last six. He's got a couple of goals and an assist. Could be a good differential. Um, Seven point five million, and he's owned by one point six percent. So I, I was looking on Twitter earlier on. According to Opta Joe, I've got a reference them Liverpool have won 20 points in 10 games versus the top six teams but only 16 points in 10 games versus the bottom six now Everton I think are around seventh or eighth so you could class them as one of the one of the bigger teams so Liverpool could do well I've got Mane I'm going to keep him he scored in the reverse fixture and I expect him to yeah produce something in this game yeah, I think I agree. I've still got Mane from the, the previous game weeks. And again, Merseyside derby. Mane seems to make things click for Liverpool. Parker, anything to chime in on this game? I think I think there'll be goals. Um, as you said, I think Liverpool perform well against the bigger teams. And the Merseyside derby, they're going to be up for it. So I think there'll be goals from both sets. Players. I've got Lukaku and Mane, so I'll keep both of them. I've also got Coleman, so even though I think there'll be goals, I think he could produce attack in returns. But yeah, I wouldn't be bringing anyone in for either team, personally. I think if you've got some of the players, play them. But otherwise, I don't think there's a need to bring them in. <clears throat> Is anyone actually shouting Milner nowadays? Does anyone have him? He just can't seem to miss a penalty at the moment, can he? If he was a defender, yes. But I'm not going to return enough else as an option. But I think next year, if they put him as a defender, then it'll be a really good option. Yeah, it'll be interesting next year. Yeah, that. you could see him being sort of a 5.56 million type defender next year. I guess in terms of points haul, if he carries on like this, it'll be similar to a Baines at his very best. Yeah. Well, if he continues taking penalties, he'll probably be more like a 6 mil, I reckon, next year if he's defending. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a good shout. We'll certainly one to look out for next season. So a few a few of mine there for Everton versus Liverpool, potentially goals and that in terms of Liverpool we're looking at. There's a few wildcard shouts there as well if we're thinking about Wijnaldum, who's been performing much better in uh, recent game weeks, giving us a bit of a headache when we consider the Brazilians and uh, Mane as well. So, chaps, let's move on to our next fixture. We've got Burnley versus Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham, of course, flying. One thing which I didn't mention in the last fixture, actually, is Ross Barkley has been linked quite heavily to Tottenham today for a transfer at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if anything comes from that, if that turns his head form-wise at all. But Burnley versus Tottenham's our next fixture. Burnley, of course, getting that clean sheet um, away, amazingly, picking up a point, albeit against Sunderland. Tottenham, were well, they just carrying on and they're looking like the, the closest thing to a rival for Chelsea. Parker, let me come to you first for this one. Who do you like in this fixture? Um, Burnley, very good at home, but Spurs just look, I think, going forward, unbelievable. So for me, it's all about Spurs attacking, attackers. So it's Son is, is a great option as a midfielder, but he's playing up front. He didn't score against them, but he got through one-on-one and had a great opportunity. Ericsson just seems to keep scoring points. He's one of those difficult players. So for me, any three of the Ali, Ericsson and Son, and maybe even two of them I'd be really considering um, because they just look so good going forward. So Spurs attacking options for me. I have to agree with you there, Parker. I mean, if you look at Ali, he is the most transferred in player at the moment. Another 5,000 have put him in today and we're very early in the international break. So for me, definitely the he would be my go-to option. Nice man, have you got any views on this one? Yeah, Ali's now on penalties, well, it looks like, which is another major shout in his favour. Son, I, I didn't think he was quite into the game as much as he could have been. I do think they are going to miss Kane quite a lot. But uh, three attempts from him, four attempts from Ericsson, and two attempts from Ali. It's any of those three, really. If you've got the money, I would go Ali. For me, I actually might be considering Son because I need to get rid of Antonio for this particular game. I can see some goals here. Burnley are good at home, but Tottenham are playing well and they are striving to get staying into that top four. So they've got something to play for still. Interesting. And Simon, any thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting. Before before the game of the weekend, people were saying that Spurs couldn't really score as many goals without Kane. And um, they've obviously got to prove, prove they can. Um I've got Ericsson in my team. I've decided to keep him in there for a, for a long for a long time, and he's he came up with the points last weekend. Um, Ali, unfortunately, I took him out a few weeks ago and put Mane in instead of him. I'm kind of regretting that, but yeah, no, top top attack really in Ali and Ericsson. Um, if you've got someone like Heaton, I'd keep him in goal because he could get some save points. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree with you. I was just going to mention Tom Heaton, who was going to be my shout as well. Just if nothing else, if you're rotating keepers, the potential for save points. We know Burnley can pull off a clean sheet at home. But I've just picked up on a little stat here. Actually, Tom Heaton's the most valuable player in FPL at the moment. This season he's provided 18 points per 1 million cost. So actually, he's the most returning player, if you look at it from that point of view. The only thing is, though, Burnley don't have any double game weeks. Uh, Tottenham do have one. That will probably be in game week 37. You're going to be looking at the Tottenham players more. Uh, there's not, for me... Yeah, just, you're, you're not going to spoil this Tom Heaton thing you, for you, me. You, just, for me, you shouldn't be, bring, you you shouldn't be bringing in it. anyone from Burnley. That's... <laughs> That's as far as I'm going to go. We're back to Mares last season all over again, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like we're looking very much at Tottenham attack in uh, in this game. 
Chaps, let's think about the next one then. So the next three o'clock kickoff, Chelsea versus Crystal Palace, the seemingly runaway leaders for the league this season. I can't see them uh, losing four games and the other teams winning all of theirs. But having said that, it's the Premier League. You never know. Chelsea at home against Crystal Palace. Simon, if you want to kick us off on this one, who do you like in this fixture? I actually like Chelsea defence for this one. Um, They won the return fixture 1-0. Cahill, you know, he got the goal last weekend. I think I think Alonso is the is the main guy here. Um, he hit the crossbar, I think, and he got yeah. into the, got into the penalty box a couple of times. He just looks really dangerous. He's not scored for a while, so I reckon I reckon he's due. So I reckon, yeah, Chelsea defence. They've the stat here I've got is they've only conceded uh, one goal in their last. So they've only conceded one goal per game in the last six games. So they're still defensively good, and I expect them to start keep, keeping clean sheets again at some point. So yeah, I'd go for um, Chelsea defence in this game. Chelsea defence, the way to go. Obviously, the frustration of uh, Costa and Hazard from the last game. Iceman, any thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, they've not done well in their last six, have they, with no clean sheet. But Alonso still seems to be the highest up there. He's got nine attempts in those last six. So he's still showing that he's one of the most attacking defenders around. He's got three attempts in, in the last game alone, hitting the crossbar. I just think if you've got him, it's quite tempting with all these clean sheets they haven't got to get rid of him and you know go for a team with great fixtures like Spurs or someone but I think you should hold on to him they're going to have a good double game week in 37 I believe yeah he's worth hanging on to if I was you because um, I bought him early so I'll, I'll lose loads of value if I get rid of him I just think he's just a good prospect going forward yeah Parker yeah this Chelsea fixture is a tough one for me I've got Hazard and he's obviously a bit of a a yellow light at the moment. Not quite sure he is what out injuries for got. Is. Fifteen yeah. days. Yeah, so it's it's going to be touch and go. So I don't know what to do about Hazard. I've also got, got the frustration of having got a defender. I just haven't ever joined that bandwagon, and it's like, do I need to do it or can I continue without him? Alonso is the obvious choice. Lots of returns. Never really tempted by Chelsea midfielders apart from Hazard. I just think they rotated too much, and I think I'll just keep Costa. So yeah, Hazard's a bit of a headache for me. Because I do like him, he does score consistent points, but it's a big, big cost to have on the bench if he does, doesn't turn up. Yes, it's a lot to spend, isn't it, considering the form of other strikers this season as well. The only slightly out there pick I'm going to uh, mention from Crystal Palace is the... Uh, my attention is being drawn more and more to Sacco. Since he's been playing, he's only 4.7 million. Yeah. He's actually hoovered up the bonus points in his last two starts and just looking at some of his stats part of this is down to his past completion rate which actually having seen the guy live when he was playing for Liverpool I never would have imagined this but he's managing an 82% pass rate at the moment keeping cleanies as well so I'm not sure against Chelsea but certainly as a cheap defender in a side that's improving under Big Sam I have said this before to be fair though so but but I think Sacco is more and more in my thinking and Palace will have a double game week at some point as well yeah their double game weeks in 34 so it's coming up soon so uh, he might be one of these players which you could draft in before your wild card. If you've still got your wild card, which I know you haven't, Lloydie, uh, if you've still got that, then oh. you can uh, draft in the likes of Crystal Pass players because they've got this double game week. I mean, their defence has improved a lot, like you say, and I do think Sacco has made the difference in that. Uh, it's just that they've got really hard fixtures coming up and uh, it's difficult to kind of bring in one of those players. But... I think maybe the likes of Hennessy, he's really cheap. I can't remember how much he cost, actually. I think he's at 
4.3, I think. 4.3, yeah, 4.3. So he's might be worth one to bring in. I mean, I've got Foster, so I may be looking towards Hennessy or someone like that, or even Valdez, who's also got a double game week, just as like to rotate between them and Pickford. So he might be one which I would consider because you could get loads of safe points for that double game week. They, they've got uh, Liverpool and then they've got Spurs. So probably a lot of safe points due there. But who knows, like last year, uh, this time last year, I think it was game week 33, Crystal Palace players were the ones to have. I think it was Scott Dan. They scored, yes, they yes, scored one of those the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, these players might be out the dark players. There's always players during these double game weeks which no one thinks are going to score high, and then they do. Maybe it is Crystal Palace now that Sam's got them going, like you say. Yeah, and you can't beat a Sam Allardyce fight against relegation. He just seems to know how to pull it off. Well, chaps, let's move on to another London side. So we've got Hull City versus West Ham United. Hull down there, of course, battling with Crystal Palace to try and stay up this season. Lloydie, let's come to you first for this one. Who do you like in this fixture? Again, I've got problems in this one. I've got Snodgrass and he's just not playing or performing. I think the interesting one is Ayu. Yeah. Jordan Ayu. And not Jordan Ayu, sorry. Andre Ayu. Um, <laughs> scored last game. Differential. And West Ham, okay, not great at the back, but going forward are scoring goals. So I think if you need a different differential, I think Ayu could be your man. I've still got Andy Carroll, and I'm going to stick by him because he always seems to score if he's fit, and at the moment he's fit. So um, from a whole point of view, I just don't think they're consistent enough, and there's no one in there that jumps out to me. So I'd be looking at maybe an Antonio as he came back and is producing again, or if not, Ayu. Uh, well, just a remark on that one. Antonio is now out for a month. And I fully back your Carol shout there. I think he is definitely due a few. He had five attempts in the last game. And if it wasn't for Schmeichel knowing how to keep his goal like his dad, then he would have had two at least. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see a load of points in there. And Ayu, he, he just seems to be involved whenever he plays. He played the full 90 minutes this game and he wasn't playing before. So, And he got four attempts in, in the last game with four in the box. So two great shouts there, mate. Yeah, I agree with yeah, that. Thank you. Not Antonio, though. <laughs> no, mate. Out for a month. Out for a month. Simon, now you're an owner of Lanzini, but how would you see him performing this game? I have actually earmarked him to do quite well, I reckon. Hull, no, nah, they're not keeping. They're not keeping too many clean sheets. So, and West Ham, as you say, West Ham are looking really good in the attack. So, I think Lanzini is probably the best shout out of all the attackers for West Ham. But I will say, I believe Andy Carroll's on 49, 49 goals for West Ham. So he's he's, you know, he's, he's going to be really eager to bang in his 50th. And, you know, he had plenty of chances before. So if I didn't have Carroll, I'd possibly consider bringing him in. But no, Lanz, Lanzini for me is the, um, is the... I mean, he takes all the free kicks. And, you know, it looks like West Ham might even, aren't missing Pyatt, really. He's really stepped up into that role. We mentioned that last week, actually, in terms of creativity. But double-figure hauls for him now in three of the last five game weeks and at only 6.4 million, he looks a good sort of cheap-priced option in midfield going forward. Yeah, he gets involved in like all of their play, doesn't he? I know we said it last week, but he, just, he does come a bit further back to pick it up. And I don't know if that affects his output in terms of FEL points. I mean... He does take the free kicks and he scored from the last free kick. He does shoot from distance. He got three shots on goal in the last game, but he doesn't get loads of shots on goal like the likes of Antonio does. Maybe Ayu plays a little bit further forward. I know he plays in that pipe role, but I don't know if he's going to be 
that effective going forward. I'm a little bit... I mean, I've got the choice whether to get rid of uh, Antonio at the moment because he's out for a month. I've got him. I've got to move him out for someone. So Lanzini was in my thinking. But the no double game week, which West Ham haven't got, that does affect me in my decisions. But if I had... Just to shout Carroll again this week, if I had him this week, I would definitely captain because looking at Hull, they, they seem to be quite solid. But I think that West Ham could take advantage here. Yeah, I think that's a nice shout. Well, it sounds like we're very much heavily weighted towards West Ham in this uh, this fixture, less so for Hull City. And speaking to other teams down the bottom, we've got Leicester versus Stoke. Leicester, the, the Vardy train seems to be back on now. Another another great performance at the weekend, pulling off a 3-2 victory against West Ham. Simon, if I can come to you first for this one, who do you like in this fixture? Okay, first of all, Stoke haven't scored in their last three away games, I believe. So I'm I'm actually going to go with the Leicester defender. I would go with either um, someone like Fuchs or I think Huth is a little bit little bit cheaper, and they've both scored, and they've got Sunderland at home in the next game. So it could be it could be a bit of a gamble, but there could be possibly two two clean sheets in a row for um, for Leicester. So that that would be my shout for this week. I was just going to say, I didn't see Leicester playing very well against West Ham in terms of defensively. It was only because of Casper that they actually kept them out. So I would actually go against that. Sorry, Simon, but I, I wouldn't go against right. Leicester, Leicester player at the moment. I know they've got this, uh, they have got a double game week coming up as well, but that will be against Arsenal. My my only choices would be for um, the likes of Mares or Vardy. I mean, Mares just. He seems to be right back on it now, doesn't he? He's, he's in the goals. Now that Shakespeare's managing him, he just looks like a much better option. And I would, I would only stay with Leicester's attack. I did shout Fuchs last week, but now that I'm looking at their play, I just yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be strong enough at the back. I think it's all going to be an attack for Leicester. So those players of Mahrez and Vardy, they are tempting. A lot of people, like we had in the poll, are going yeah. for Vardy. And you can see why. In fact, I would probably see him as probably another captain option. But just just to add to that, Iceman, in terms of Vardy, I mean, quite often we know what players do to earn bonus points. But just thinking about the things that stop Vardy getting the three against West Ham and then goes going to Lanzini. So although he scored and assisted, he actually lost bonus points because he was tackled three times. He missed a big chance and he was also caught offside twice. So the margin for error for, for bonus point loss... You know that there's quite a lot that can affect that, even if a player seems to score quite well. Yeah, nice, nice stats. Well found out, mate. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> just, Parker, just, any thoughts on this game? Just a quick one on Vardy before you move to Parker. Sorry, Parker. Uh, he Vardy has, like you say, he has scored uh, and assisted, and he's got three goals and two assists in his last three. So yeah, it just shows he's kind of in form, isn't he? Yeah, Parker, what about on this? My concern for Leicester players is the Champions League still. If you think about it, they've got, obviously, when the game week starts, it'll be Saturday. Then they've got midweek. Then they've got another game. Then they've got Champions League. I think they're still in the FA Cup. So there's a huge fixture congestion there. Congestion there. And their players, they haven't got a huge squad, I don't think. So, yeah, my, my big concern is going to be a bit of burnout there. They haven't got, I mean, they've got Atletico, so it's going to be a really difficult game. So that's the one thing stopping me. And Vardy is, what, 9.7, I think? Yeah, so it's, it's very expensive. expensive. Yeah. Um I think with Ibra coming back and with Costa and Kane when he comes back and Aguero, like I don't think he's in that level of scoring prowess this year. So for me, I'm very wary about Leicester players. 
I think I think you've kind of got a good shout there, mate. I was going to mention that the the Champions League. Uh, they're not in the FA Cup anymore. There's only four teams left in that. Um, <clears throat> but it, yeah, it could come congested. They had it kind of at the start of the season where they weren't playing as well, and that's when they had a load of games in the Champions League. They were kind of trying to concentrate on that. Champions League is back again, so yeah, I, that might affect it. So Vardy really is kind of a, he's kind of a one week shout, really, isn't he? Because I think um, Ibrahimovic comes back the week after that. So I think people will be thinking of bringing him back in again, but one week shout could be good. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of on paper, fair, their fixtures, sorry, their fixtures are quite quite handy uh, for the next couple of weeks at least. They've got Palace in four weeks' time. Okay, they've got Everton away that could be difficult, but they've got Sunderland at home, and obviously this week they've got Stoke at home. So their fixtures are favourable, but it's just the amount of games they're going to play is tricky. It's going to be weird for for uh, Leicester. One week Vardy is going to be up against Ryan Shawcross, the next Diego Godin. So quite a contrast there. It'll be interesting to see who does better against. Okay, chaps, an interesting uh, debate around Leicester and Stoke. There, I'm not hearing too much from Stoke, and um, that seems to have been the case all season, other than Joe Allen, who people have kind of intermittently put into their squads. Let's move on to Manchester United versus West Bromwich Albion. Home tie for Manchester United in this one, picking up a a decent victory over the weekend. 3-1 away against a decently defensive Middlesbrough side. We saw the rise of some of the younger stars in that team, Jesse Lingard particularly, uh, coming in with a big performance there. Iceman, let's come to you first on this one. Who do you like? Well, firstly, I I think we, we need to think about our West Brom players here because I think more or less everyone has a West Brom player and they now... Is it, have, t- is it time to ditch? Yeah, they now have a blank in game week 34. Um, they will be having a double game week at some point. I think they'll be in 37, but they now have a blank. So their fixtures don't look promising. Um, they can only score from set pieces. <laughs> the only thing is that I don't think they're going to give you many points. I found a stat here. Tony Pulis's teams, uh, when they've reached 40 points, their win percentage is 13.9%. It shows that they don't do too well once they've got to that 40 points mark I know they beat Arsenal and yeah we're Arsenal are crap blah 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 but it's just those set pieces which they've scored for 16 out of their goals this season were from set pieces before the Arsenal game so now it's 18 and 14 from them are from corners so it just shows that the likes of Dawson McCauley who knows if you hang on to them they may score you the odd goal um it looked like McCauley was being the uh, the dummy player he went to the front post to actually take the Arsenal players out of course Arsenal was stupid enough to follow him and then Dawson just came <laughs> in at the back and just nodded it in so it looks like McCauley might be uh, changing his role a little bit on those set pieces yeah it's, it's a good shout it's quite a good uh, tactical now from you there Iceman but McCauley's definitely uh, the one people are looking at which is possibly letting Dawson in but in terms of West Brom, so are you thinking keep defenders, get rid of attacking players like Chadley at this point and Phillips, etc., if you haven't already? Yeah, ditch them all. Uh, Man United, you've got to be looking at um, going for their players, really. A lot of people were drafting in Valencia last week. Uh, they've not lost in 18 games. They do look good. Uh, and I, Sadly enough, I can't see Arsenal catching them, which is a downer for me. But it's difficult to go for their midfield, isn't it? Uh, we mentioned it most weeks. Lingard may be a bit of a punt, I don't know, but he... He's, he's got a flag on him now, actually. Ankle injury, 75%. That always veer, veers people away. But it will be Ibrahimovic, which a lot of people are going to be bringing back in. Um, and the likes of Valencia and De Gea are probably my only players which I would go for. Jones has uh, just been brought back from England because he's got a, another injury. 
he's worse than Jack Wheelchair. Frustrating one, Jack I thought Jones Jack was Wheelchair. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I did sorry, I did find an interesting stat that um Ali has actually scored more goals in two thousand and seventeen than Jack Wheelchair has in his entire career. Um, were you saying in wheelchair or were you saying wheelchair? I couldn't really tell. Wheelchair. Okay. <laughs> nice. Although the goals aren't as good as the one he scored against Norwich um, or that volley on the last day of the season that time. But uh, I think there'll be little doubting that Ali is the man in form at the moment. Yeah. Parker, what do you think about this? United versus West Brom. United, I don't think, are a good team to watch anymore. I think they're just being very effective under Mourinho. The only player I actually am tempted to punt on is one matter. He's returned in three of the last four games, scoring two and assisting one. So for me, he is actually a bit of a... Uh, and he, they've got three clean sheets in those four games. So again, just picking up the extra point there. So he's a tempting one for me. He doesn't always play the full 90 minutes, but he's a consistent performer recently. And their fixtures are quite nice. West Brom at home and then Everton at home. So they've got two fixtures, home fixtures in a row. And then after that, Sunderland away. So I quite like their fixtures. And yeah, one matter might be a little cheeky outside punt. Um, I like that, Lloyd. I think I think I if other players, Lingard, if he's a, a doubt and other players... He could be guaranteed more minutes. He's only owned by 3.3%. So again, and he's only 7.3 minutes. And so he's kind of a, a nice replacement for an Antonio or someone if you are looking for that yeah. kind of that cost. Yeah, Lingard picked up some nice points returns um, this week. Those, obviously, we haven't mentioned Paul Pogba. Um, and I'm just looking at Ben Dinnery's uh, Twitter feed. And there's suggestions he's going to be out for another fortnight. So maybe not one to think about for this upcoming game week. Just just a quick note on Mata. He hasn't. He didn't actually make any goal attempts in the last game. I know he got an assist, I believe, but no goal attempts. So just a word of warning on that. Simon, let's give you a chance to speak about this one. Is there anyone else from this fixture that you would add to who we've discussed already? No one extra, no. All I will say is that West Brom aren't very good away against the bigger teams. They yeah. lost 1-0 to Chelsea, 1-0 to Arsenal, 4-0 to Spurs. So, <clears throat> yeah, someone like Valencia would be a, is, a, is a good shout. And Parker actually pinched my um, Juan Mata pick as well, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's a differential. If, you, if you've got to catch up some points then maybe it's an option, a bit of a gamble. But no, Valencia is Valencia's my man, I think. I think that's a decent shout. Certainly Valencia sounds like the go-to player for United uh, over that double game week. Let me Chaps, I'm going to take this from Matt. Sorry, sorry, Let me, before we move on, um, I may be bringing in Valencia this week for a hit. And I'm thinking that might be doable because of West Brom's attack and it, you know, not being that sharp. They seem to only score from set pieces. And I know that Jose is probably going to have United more organised than Arsenal. So probably going to keep clean sheet here. So I'm looking at bringing them in for that hit and then keeping them for the double game weeks. Do you think that might be worth it? Question to all of you. Uh, I think so, yeah. Because I, I mean, first of all, I think he's, I think he's going to keep a clean sheet. So you've got, you've got six points there, and he's also got a couple of, he's got a couple of assists as well. Well, he scored in the in last, last game, didn't he? So. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, he's got a couple of assists in his last five as well, and he looks like he's picked up a few, about three bonus points as well. So, you know, he could end up with about eight points in the next game. So you'd be, yeah, so minus four would be kind of about four points in your favour. Yeah. So I reckon, yeah. And I've got to say, Iceman, just to back that with some data, actually, Valencia is the sixth highest transferred in player today. Um, over 2,000 FPL managers thinking the same direction as you with that one, so it could be a good shout. 
Yeah, I was going to do it last week, and I'm regretting not doing it now because obviously you got that goal, got the six points, which, which would have benefited me for this week. Um, Parker, what was your thinking on Valencia bringing him in? So yeah, I just don't really trust Man United. To be honest, I know they're playing well in the fact that they've been unbeaten for long periods of the season, but I don't know. I just apart from Ibrahimovic as a real solid standout player, I just just don't just trust them. To be honest, full stop. So I, I wouldn't be taking a hit for him no. Okay, fair enough. Bit of division in the opinion there. That's all good, though. So, Chaps, I'm going to move us on to Watford versus Sunderland. Uh, Simon, let's come back to you for this one, first of all. Who do you fancy in this fixture? I reckon Troy Deeney could be could be a good shout. I know you got a I know you got a really unfortunate home goal in the weekend, which is um it looked like a pretty good striker's goal actually, but the wrong end. But he's got something like four four goals in six. He's also picked up about seven bonus points as well. And he seems to be picking up a lot of um Watford's bonus bonus points. He's kind of in sort of in the best form he's been in all season. I wouldn't recommend anybody from Sunderland really. Maybe Pickford. You know, he might get a few save points and they I mean they could keep a clean sheet. I can't imagine this being a very a very high scoring game really, but I'd slightly favour Watford and Deeney in this game. Yeah, we talked a lot about Deeney last week and certainly with his fixtures and his, his form, he looks like a really good option. Parker, do you like anyone from this tie? I am going to use our favourite saying, and I'm going to say Jermaine Defoe is due. I love it. Uh, <laughs> he was due. <laughs> I have to say, I think if Sunderland look at their fixtures, they've got to be looking and saying, this is one that we've got a target for a win. I know it's an away game, but they've got Leicester away, which is going to be very tricky now in the form that they're in, and then Man United at home again, tricky. So I think they, they need to pick up points very quickly, and I think they'll be going to Watford thinking, if we can nick a 1-0, it'd be a really good result. So I'm thinking Jermaine Defoe, after his England call-up, he is due a goal. So I would go Defoe. Defoe, it's a great shout, Iceman. I wouldn't necessarily bring in Defoe. I'd say if you've got him, yeah, keep him up for this one. The only thing is, yeah, he got recalled to the England squad, so you would have thought it would have made a difference to him playing, but... No, they just blanked in the last game. They they didn't look too good, actually. I did watch it. And it is their 13th time they've not scored this season. And I think that's more than Middlesbrough. And Middlesbrough has got this reputation for just being a, a non-scoring team. But Sunderland don't score that often. And when they do, it's only Defoe. So I would actually disagree with you there. I don't think that he's going to get a goal this game. I just think that it's going to be another drab game maybe Deeney getting a goal 1-0 Watford so you're telling me you don't think he's due <laughs> unbelievable I believe uh, I believe Simon if you were to look on the side of your coffee mug there's uh, there's a message there what does that say hashtag he was due absolutely there it there is, it is. <laughs> it's on the mug I've got no argument against that sorry I'll take it all back <laughs> no if we're going to put it on our prize winging mug for our cup competition we best follow up with something okay so as usual the Watford versus Sunderland tie not drawing too many names it's really strikers we're looking at at this one the word holibas hasn't been used for many months now so uh very much a shame on that one southampton versus bournemouth now lloyd you know plenty about southampton and the south coast sides let me let you lead off on this one who do you like from this fixture uh, I have to say, I don't necessarily fancy anyone in this fixture. Gabbiadini went off, not terribly sure what the prognosis of that is, but it looks serious enough that he could be out for the game. Otherwise, he'd be a, a real temptation because Bournemouth's leaky defence. 
Apart from that, yeah, I'm not overly convinced on anyone. I know King scored goals, but I think actually Southampton at home generally are pretty solid. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be bringing necessarily anyone in for this fixture, actually. Just a quick note on uh, Gavardini. Ben Dinnery has said tests ongoing. Initial reports suggest around two to three weeks, but scan will confirm. So yeah, it looks two to three weeks for him. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't bring anyone in them. It's, it's interesting what you say about Joshua King. I mean, people are still very much putting him in. He's had 38,500 transfers in in this uh, this week alone, and he's still the third highest most transferred in player. So people are still confident in him. I do agree, though, he's got some tough fixtures coming up. Saints away, Liverpool away, and Chelsea at home. So there's going to be... He's going to face tough task scoring. Having said that, a player in the form that he is, you never know if they're going to lose 3-1. He might be the one getting on the end of things. Yeah, I think if you've got him, yeah. You mentioned it last week as that fifth midfielder and I kind of disagreed because I didn't want to bring in someone of that value but if you've got him I would hang on to him and maybe keep him for that fifth midfielder maybe bench him I have seen that people are looking to Redmond recently and uh, just a stat which I did find out on him is his expected goals per shot is 0.07 which is very low he does take a lot of shots from wide he's doesn't seem to take shots in the right area I think it's just it's going to come with his learning and more experience that he's going to be in the right areas and be a just well a better all-round player because he is a decent player he just doesn't seem did, to get in the right areas for that did you say 0.07 yeah so every time he strikes the ball at goal he basically has a 7% chance of scoring yeah what, what a generation of England players we've got. Southgate <laughs> squad is looking stronger than ever. But, but I mean, you've got to look at the uh, the double game weeks that they have. I think looking at the back for them, if you're just looking for a cheap player, Yoshida, he's going to be brought in by a lot of players. Uh, and he probably is going to play the rest of these games. So maybe might be worth a punt to keep because just because of those double gaming players, maybe to put on the bench for, for now and just play them in the easy, easier fixtures. They haven't got bad fixtures coming up, so I don't see why not. Potential. Simon, any thoughts? Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple of differentials for this game. I mean, first of all, I think, I think Southampton will probably win this one. I think there could be a few goals in here as well. I think you mentioned Ward Prowse last week. Owned by 0.4%, he's 5 mil, so he would be sort of a, um, a fifth midfielder. But he's got three three returns in his last six games. He's got two goals and one assist. So if you're looking to catch up points and you've you you know you've got a spare 5 mil, I think he could be okay. Tadic is, on a, Tadic is on a reasonably good run as well. He's another differential, only owned by 1.7%. He is 7 million, so getting up to where sort of someone like Ross Barkley is. I'd probably still play someone like Ross Barkley over Tadic, but he's got three returns in six games, got a couple of goals, and he's actually got three assists as well. Now, if I remember correctly, Tadic actually started playing quite well at the end of last season. He played very well, and then I think I brought him in for the last two games and he did nothing. So um, he could be he could be a good shout for just around now. He's a streaky player, Tadic. When he is in form, yeah. he is a very you know, he's a go-to player, and they have got some good fixtures coming up. I uh, just want a quick mark on those double game weeks. Those double game weeks are against Man United and Arsenal. They are both at home, but you know, tough games. Chaps, just just picking up on a theme here. Apparently, um, the best way to get a shout out on the Fancy Football po- Surgery podcast. Let me just read out these names to you. Who? What have these got in common? Redmond, Ward, Prowse, Defoe, Lingard, Vardy, Ali, Heaton. 
and Barclay. What do, what do they have in common? They're all English. All English players. They've all just been called up to Gareth Southgate's England team. So apparently, to get a shout mm. out on the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast, you need to be called up to your country. <laughs> There's certainly a theme there this week. Okay, let's let's move on to the Sunday fixtures. The first one being Swansea versus Middlesbrough. I have to say, I've, I've still got Sigurdsson and Urente in my team just because I spent my transfers elsewhere in the previous week. I'm more excited about Siggy for this one than I am Llorente. I was tempted to ship them both out. Having said that, after seeing Middlesbrough's dire performance against United, I'm now contemplating keeping them and rotating things elsewhere. Sigurdsson, certainly for me, if you've got him, I think is worth keeping for this fixture and moving forward as, as I think he's the, the top assistant in the league this season. Parker, let's come to you first on this one. Where do you see things going in this one? So yeah, I would definitely keep Siggy. I'm going to keep him for the whole season. I think if Swansea do anything and if they end up being successful in staying up, it'll be down to him. So definitely Siggy. I've got Mawson. I'm definitely going to keep him for this game just because Middlesbrough are so poor attacking-wise. Yeah, Lorente, again, if you've got him already, you'd definitely keep him for this game. But I'm not sure about him longer term. But yeah, Siggy's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, just a quick one on Middlesbrough attack and how poor they are. The average team actually takes 13 shots on goal, with four of them being on target. And they haven't exceeded four shots on target in a whole game this season. And the only time they actually made over 13 shots is against Hull early in the season. Other than that, that's all below. So just to show how poor they are in attack. So yeah, I would be playing Mawson for this game. Bring about the days of Britain. Go I was going to say, I'm also quite confused as to why they brought it, why they brought Gusted. <laughs> that was just a, that's a bit of a bit of a strange decision. You know, you don't, you can't score very many goals, and you bring Gusted in. Don't disrespect him, but um, you know, could, no, could I, I'd agree with you completely on that. I think you've got to make a good point on that, Simon, especially when they didn't use a player like Jordan Rhodes all season. Mm. Five hundred and nine minutes of action he's had, and uh, he's only just scored. Love, loves an aerial duel, though, doesn't he? I remember that was a quiz question last season. Simon, is there anyone you want to throw in the pot? Don't mention in this the game? quiz, mate. Not mention the quiz for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Someone still has bitter lemons. The bitterness of the quiz coming out once again. Lord, did I not mention we got a quiz at the end of the pod? Did I mention that? Yeah, I can't wait. But Lee Catamore in. Sorry, he's also the one I'd put in for Sunderland. Just I, I forgot to mention him. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it hasn't seemed to affect you though you're right back on top again so um yeah apparently the punishment doesn't work we'll have to think about something else this season simon let me give you just the opportunity do you want to have any say on this game anyone you'd add to our choices there no one i'd add i'd just say yeah siggy has got i think he's got 11 assists now i think he's the highest assister in the whole of the league yeah. um just ahead of ericsson i think and de bruyne so yeah, yeah. Just, just him, really. I can't recommend anyone from Borough, although they do have a double week, double game week coming up, playing Bournemouth and Sunderland. So if you've got a Borough defender on your bench, it's probably worth, probably worth, probably worth keeping them for that game for the double game week. Yep. Yeah, I, I would actually consider Valdez uh, for. 4.5 I think he is in goal so he's playing those two double game weeks and those two double game weeks are actually pretty fair for Middlesbrough they've got uh, Bournemouth and then they've got Sunderland so you can't have easier fixtures than that for them uh, so I, I could see myself bringing in a Middlesbrough defender around about that time are you on smack? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how you can keep up this Valdez love but hate on Tom Heaton so much <laughs> Valdez is 4.6 utter utter rubbish (laughs) well um, the last game I'm going to move on to I'm not actually going to talk about because I'm completely disillusioned with life at the Emirates it is uh, Arsenal versus Manchester City 
Simon, as guest, you can take the pain away from me and Iceman. Um, let's come to you first. <laughs> Which players do you like in this fixture? Obvious choice, really. Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Um, you know, City are fighting for their Champions League spot. He seems to have come into a bit of form recently. He's got a couple of goals and assists in his last four. I, I, I heard he had a pretty bad game at the weekend. He missed quite a few, sh- missed a few goals, but you know he still got the goal. I would, I, I've kept him in my team. I'm probably going to keep him for a few more weeks. So he's the only one from City, really. Uh, from Arsenal, Sanchez is, you know, if he's not injured, I would. If I had him, I would keep him. I don't have him at the moment. I'm going to keep away from him for the moment, but I would imagine he would probably notch up a not sure a goal or get an assist in that game. Yeah, some nice suggestions. I think um, you're right on the Aguero shout. He's, you're right, he's not as quite as prolific at the moment as he has been. He's not finishing every chance like you'd expect, but he is popping up with goals and assists. There is no real other options in the City attack at the moment. I'm not quite sure when Gabriel is due back, but I think um, Sergio's got a few more weeks starting up front at the very, you know, for the next month at least. And I agree as well, Sanchez, in terms of Arsenal players, is the only one you could really look to for consistent points at the moment. Parker, of your previous uh, attachment to City and general hatred for Arsenal, yeah. any, any shouts on this one? <laughs> I do like to put on record, I do like Arsenal as a club, I just like winding new boys up when they lose. So. Of course. Is it, is it our financial structure, do, general financial management? Because we're very good at that. No, I, I, I like the way the clubs run, and I like Arsenal Wenger, and in a lot of ways, I'd like them to be successful and actually win the league. But when it does go horribly wrong, it is amusing. But I do think it's getting to a nasty <laughs> level now where yeah. Arsenal Wenger is a nice guy, and he's done so much for not only the Premier League, but Arsenal, that it's, yeah, I, I don't like what's happening. and I actually want them to get fourth because I think he deserves it. He's been unbelievable for, yeah. as I said, Arsenal and the Premier League. Anyway, moving swiftly on, that was a bit sensible. Yeah, this is a big headache. I haven't got Aguero. You two have, and you're around me in the league. So yes. it's whether do I need to get him in, or am I kind of relying on the fact that he's just not the Sergio of last season at the moment? My concern is that any moment he can score three or four goals, and that's going to really kill me. So that's my big headache is, is Aguero. The interesting one for me is as well, thinking like midfield-wise, particularly if Hazard's a doubt, is, is De Bruyne. He looked a bit jaded in that last game against Liverpool, and I think that's because Monaco took so much out of him. But maybe, depending on how much he plays over the international break, he would definitely be one that I'd be considering because, again, at a drop of a hat, you can you can change a game and get assists and goals. So um, yeah. I'd be looking more City at the moment, just Arsenal so unpredictable. So, yeah, Aguero, if you've got him, keep him. Sanchez, if you've got him and he ends up being fit, keep him. Um, so I, so the, the murmurings of a KDB... Uh, maybe revival then yeah potentially I mean he, he's going to come back he's a good player so he's going to perform again and only owned by 7% he's a good little differential to be fair but yeah it's, it's a difficult one and I, I don't know what to do about Aguero it's kind of I, I think for me it's a waiting game and I think the longer you can wait to make your transfers the better A because of the international games and B yeah. to see what's happened with uh, with Sanchez because he's again someone that you need to have, need to be having if I didn't have Aguero in I mean I brought him in for the double game week a couple of weeks ago if I didn't have him I would probably be quite reluctant because I don't think his returns are as good as they could be and you know you've got you've got players like Lukaku and Vardy I think are in, who are in better form so I'd probably be reluctant to bring him in I, I'm actually That's going to where I'm, at, so I'm, I hear you. 
I'm actually going <laughs> to back Aguero here because he's got five shots in his last game and four of them inside the box. So, you know, two goals and assists in his last four appearances. He only lost out on the bonus points in the last game because he was tackled ten times. So it just shows he's getting involved in a lot. And, he, well, he also missed the target with three of his shots. So, yeah, maybe not as clinical as uh, last season. But I feel like I might actually captain him because <laughs> Arsenal on their worst run in, uh, what was it, 21 years. They've, they have only conceded one from a corner this season, I believe, before the West Brom game. But Ospina might be playing in goal. He could be a shout for people. Arsenal do have two double game weeks coming up and no blank now. So at 4.7, maybe a cheap option into the Arsenal's defence. I don't know if anyone's thinking about that. Maybe not for this game itself, but because uh, yeah, I, I might actually be Captain Aguero for this. But for games going forward, maybe Ospina might be a good shout. Yeah, I think it's something to think about um, Arsenal. If they do turn things around, you do certainly have the fixture run and the double game weeks there to invest a bit in them. Just coming back to KDB, if I could, he is in that similar price bracket to Hazard. So if something does happen with Eden and he's out, KDB could be a good option. I'm just looking at their fixture run in City, and actually, I really like. I think there's a lot of points there for City, so he could be a good differential, as uh, as Parker spoke about just a minute ago. Yeah, I'll t- tell you another no, one. The Champions League as well. It means yes. they're, they've got less congestion as well. So. Oh, yeah, good shout, yeah. I'll tell you another one who thinks getting a bit overlooked is Cavallero. can't say his name right. Cavallero. Is that it? Cavallero? No. Keep going, keep going. Big, big, big Willie. Big Willie, yeah. Big Willie. We'll big Willie. <laughs> uh, he's kept more clean sheets than Bravo whilst playing eight fewer games than him. 4.7, maybe he's worth a shout. They've got a double game week. It is against United, but they've got a double game week coming up. Yeah, could, could be a good option. Could be an option. I think Bravo is very much out of the thinking at the moment with his form. So, um, Caballero, not a bad shout there. Chaps, that brings us to the end of the uh, the game week fixtures. So, um, Iceman, is it time? Yep. Off you go, then. Okay. It's not the quiz, is it, for Christ's sake? Not the quiz, he's going for a piss. <laughs> Does that mean I can go so, for one as well? Go off uh, you go. I'm <laughs> I'll drop it. So the Iceman joins us suitably empty from his trip to the toilets once more. Just to assure listeners, he is 100% healthy. He just drinks a lot of water. So let's move on to a summary of the uh, the fixtures and who we suggested for the game week. We spoke about Everton versus Liverpool first. This was around an hour ago. You may have forgotten by now. So in that fixture, we like the look of Barkley in keeping with Lukaku, the informed striker um, in the league currently. Also, Marnie, if you've got him, definitely one to stick with. And also Wijnaldum with his improving and consistent form. Burnley versus Spurs. We like the look of Ali and Son, uh, I suppose, deputising for Kane whilst he's out. And also Heaton for some big save points. Chelsea versus Palace. We're liking the look of Chelsea defence at the moment. Alonso was the one we shouted. Also, start keeping your eyes on Sacco at Palace. Cheaply priced, turning in the bonus points. Could be a good option for the double game week coming up. 
Ayu is becoming more of a factor for West Ham. Also, Carroll is on 49 goals at the moment, due for the 50, just a matter of time when. But Lanzini is the one that's really stepped up and filled Payet's boots, so could be a good cheap option against Hull. Leicester versus Stoke. Not really interested in anybody from Stoke, but Vardy has been on form for Leicester. We can see him doing pretty well against the Stoke side that are not that good going forward here. And also Hooth is a cheap price option at the back for Leicester, unless you've got the clobber, in which case go for Fuchs. United versus West Bromwich Albion. Liking the look of the consistency of Valencia at right back and for getting forward. Matter as well, been performing well for United, fairly consistency this season. And if you want to pump for the double game week with all the injuries United have got, Jesse Lingard could be a cheap option. Watford versus Sunderland. It's the two English strikers. It's Deeney and Defoe. Both have been in good form at various points during the season. Parker shouts Defoe is due a goal. He's in the England squad. Why not? If you've got him, field him definitely for this one. Southampton versus Bournemouth. We like the look of New England call-ups, Ward-Prowse, and Redmond for Bournemouth if you've got King it's worth keeping him in although he does have some difficult fixtures moving forward but again one of the informed players in the league scoring rise at the moment also as a differential you could go for Tadic and even Yoshida as a cheap price option moving forward Swansea versus Borough we like the look of Sigurdsson we think he could be a season keeper now with all those assists and also Valdez is a cheap option in goal for Middlesbrough but don't put him in ahead of Tom Heaton one, one more <laughs> Arsenal versus City to round off the game week. The three players on our lips, really. Aguero for City, Sanchez for Arsenal. And if you fancy an expensive punt moving forward, but definitely as a differential, KDB showing signs of returning to the regular scoring form of earlier in the season. Nice sum up. Ooh. Lovely. <laughs> well, let's move, let's move on to some captain's choices then, chaps. So, Simon, as you are our guest for this week, who are you going to put the armband on? Well... <clears throat> If I bring someone like Vardy in, I reckon I put it on him because some of the big players are playing away. You've got, you know, people like Sanchez, Lukaku are away. But as things currently stand, I'm probably going to put it on Aguero because he's probably the most threatening player in my team and probably Vice Sigurdsson, probably. Nice. A couple of differential options there. And um, what about you, Lloydie? I am between Costa and Sigurdsson. I know you like a firm answer on this podcast and at the moment it's sat on Costa. Good shout, Iceman. I think I'm going to keep it on Aguero. As an Arsenal fan, I'm so reluctant to but I I can just see him scoring against us in the form that we're in so I think I'm just going to keep it on Aguero. Vice-captain is probably going to be Sanchez. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think that the Arsenal team at the moment a little bit downtrodden. Aguero's got a good record against the Gunners home and away. So I'm going to go for him. But my vice-captain will probably be Lukaku home against Everton in form. Fixture-proof question mark? Not sure, but I think Aguero and Lukaku for me. He's he's away against... Uh... Lukaku's home Sorry, against... away. Yes. He's, home against... <laughs> he's away. You're right. But he's away against Liverpool. Not away against Everton. His... <laughs> Lukaku is playing against Everton away this week. If that doesn't confuse you, I don't know what will. No, I'm going to go for the away man, Lukaku, against uh, Liverpool as my vice. Moving on to our social media questions. So, Parker, I believe you're going to lead us on this. Um, Yeah, you've decided to employ the dyslexic to read out the questions, which is always a good option. I thought it would be funny. This this has crawled on you in many ways. It, It will do you good. Exactly. Laugh a minute. 
Um, so, uh, FPL Fundershot, or Funshot, uh, actually the name is, says, imagine the big topic of discussion this week will be the likes of Hazard, Sanchez, Gabbiadini injured. Is it best to be patient? I think we kind of touched on that idea anyway. I think, yeah, the temptation is get the transfer done early, but I think for me, patience is key. And although you might lose on a 0.1 or 0.2 million, it's better that you make the right decision. What do the rest think? Yeah, I'm I'm holding. I mean, like you look at Sanchez, he's playing uh, in training for Chile, uh, so uh, I'm not going to get rid of him. Hazard, I do think he's out now. Gavardini, potential there. It does seem to be two to three weeks. Uh, I would wait because you, you, you know, whoever you bring in, they could get injured during this period. I don't think it's going to matter for that. Like you say, Lloyd, the point one difference. It's not going to matter that much. You've you've already got your value as it is at the moment. It's not going to change that significantly so yeah i would just hold out i agree i agree as well i mean there's there's a number of times that i've made my early transfer before the international break and just got totally burned so i'm happy to wait until um yeah friday night probably yeah and just to round off i think i'll be holding on to a lot of the players that we've talked about that are injured they have kind of two-week brackets on what they're predicted to be out for now that to me suggests either they're genuinely injured and we're just not sure if they're back for next week or the clubs could be holding them back so they're fresh for the next game week. We don't know. But um, for me, hold your transfer. Good answers. Thanks, boys. Uh, next one is from Mahutsu at Gob That. Does he mean Gob by Spit? In which case, it's not a very nice <laughs> uh, hashtag name. But... It's a filthy anyway, name. Anyway, moving on. Uh, his question is, what do you do uh, the next two weeks uh, in brackets other than reading the at fantasy football mag of course my quick answer would be lock yourself away until about thursday or friday next week so you don't change your team until then i think the very much temptation is to change it now so certainly for the next 10 days lock yourself away that's good advice i think pete any recommendations on what you would be doing over the next two weeks I would, uh, if uh, fancy football has resulted in you giving up your job and just looking at a screen, I would find brief employment for two weeks um, and uh, engage yourself in that. Maybe take up another hobby and then after the international break, uh, unlock your computer and do your transfer then. Sensible. Uh, next one is from Mike A. It's at Mike Jeski. It kind of looks like Jetski, which <laughs> I won't bring up with James. It's a bit of a <laughs> His question is, lads, I am I alone in thinking the double game weeks look boring, not seeing any obvious opportunities for game week 34? Uh, James, you're the stat man. What do you think about game week 34 and well, double game week opportunity? Yeah, I think you might be right. There's not, I mean, Man United have got uh, City and uh, they've got two away games, haven't they? So it's not that intriguing, but still, a double game week means an extra two points and an extra potential for each player. So if you've got the likes of Latam, I do think he's probably going to be a triple captain for the people that that has, hasn't used that triple captain yet in game week uh, 34. But for me, I, I will be looking to bring some players in, like the likes of Borough Defence, maybe a Palace player like Zaha. Uh, they, they didn't look good in the last game, by the way. No shots on target, and they still won the game with a, a Dini own goal. Um, but, yeah, 
I've got a little strategy kind of I'm thinking about of up to game week 32 I'll probably get in the likes of Man United players then game week 33 maybe a Palace player and then game week 34 I'd get in like a, a Borough defender for those two fixtures so I still think there is potential there you've um, you've got to try and hit the, the highest ceiling you can possible with all these potential double game weeks um, I mean like if, if you just completely ignore them I do think you might just fall behind slightly just recap, who are Man United playing again that double game week? So they're playing Man City and... Burnley. Burnley, yeah. Burn- both away. Okay. Potential for goals, though. It says Zlatan's got to be a real tempter there, hasn't he? Yeah. Particularly as I haven't used my captain yet. Mm. I know, yeah. So whoever you're going to put that on, I'll make sure that I captain that player. <laughs> Touché. <laughs> uh, anyone, anyone else uh, saw anything to say about the, the double game week? Um... I would try and get a couple of players in there because they might take you by surprise. I remember a couple of years ago there was a, oh, there was I think QPR played in one of them and some of their players ended up doing really well. So my advice will be, even if you don't expect players to do that well, still put a couple of sneaky ones in there because they might pay off. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, certainly defensively I'm more attracted to these teams. Christian Benteke would have to seriously turn around for me to consider him for that game week. But um, I think there's a few midfield options from Man United and defensive that I'm certainly going to be looking at, but it all comes down to their form and fitness at the time. Yep, no, absolutely. I think, as, as, as the other guys said, it's worth getting certainly three or four players in for it. Probably not worth changing your whole squad, but certainly three or four players, definitely at least. Abdullah Al-Mamun kind of asked a similar question. He said, now that we know the fixture list for Game of 34, how do we prepare for it? So... I think we've answered that. And also, Sandeep, I think we've answered that for you as well. He kind of says, it doesn't look that enticing except for Ibra and Valencia. He says he's got all-out attack and he's got BB. What's that? Bench boost. Bench boost. There's only chips, chips left. When to use them? I think you need to use them last minute and you need to make sure that everyone's going to play because you don't want to waste the bench boost. I've seen other people play it and then two or three players have been injured just before the game week. So I think you want to you want to play that very, very, very last minute when you kind of have as much as you can to an extent, the guarantee that they're going to be playing. That would be my advice anyway. Yeah, I think the the main kind of consensus of everyone out on Twitter and the community is just to kind of wildcard game week 36 and then bench boost game week 37 because that's when uh, most of the games are going to be played, the double game week. So that's when you're going to have loads of double game weeks. So that is what I'm thinking at the moment. A lot of people are wildcarding at the moment uh, and there is an argument for that. They bring in all these players now so that you can benefit from this wild card now. Like I know lots of, of you, Parker, did it last week, so you you're trying to benefit from it now, and which you have done, you've gone of you've gone above me, but that had nothing to do with your wild card. But like you, you've now got a good team set up. So there there are arguments both sides. I'm holding my wild card until that game week thirty six because I just think that's where I'm gonna benefit more from it. But there are there are different options, there are different strategies which people are, are using. And I think it's important to think about your situation because end of the day, if you're sixty points behind someone, you might as well try and benefit from it now. Iceman, you're probably in a good position in the fact that there's what a num- a couple of points between us. So the longer you can wait, you can then potentially pounce. But if you started slipping thirty or forty points behind, I think you would need to use it sooner than maybe game week thirty six or seven, just because uh, pure Paul Buchanan also said it does seem like a waste to only benefit for the last two game weeks so it is a difficult one yeah 
I mean, I'm about I'm about 75 points behind in my <clears throat> in my mini league, but all the guys in my mini league have played their wild card already. Mm. So I'm probably going to hold on until game week 36. I mean, I got at about 140 points in the double game last week, so I know I could have got I could have got better than that. But I'm going to wait until 36, play the play the wild card there, bench boost 37, and hopefully get you know over 150 and try and catch up. Or probably at least 50, 50, 60 points. It's risky, but I like it. Bull, anything else from you? I think, again, I'm really looking to use my more towards 34 with a plan to look at the the run-in. I'm going to use the next few weeks to really look at form and injuries. Like I've said, there's, um, there's, for me at the moment, too many top players, just question marks about their fitness over the next few weeks. I really want to see what happens with them, and then I'll make a decision. Yeah, good shout. Uh, last quick one. Steve Cookson said, uh, Gariadini, Hazard, Phillips, and Morales all in my squad. Wait and see or wild card before they before dry, uh, their price drops. Quick yes or no, what do you think? Uh, he's got quite a few players out there. I would be really considering the wild card here and then just setting up your team going forward. Okay. And Simon? Mm, I, I'm a cautious player, so I would probably hold for now. Wait to see if Gabbiadini's coming back. Yeah, I would hold. Yeah, and I, uh, from my Rumble. perspective, I think uh, probably similar to what I've just said, but um, if all of those four are still crocked um, after the international break, then I probably would seriously consider it because that's a lot of top. That's a lot of money in those four players to to be missing. Um, but I would I would wait for for two weeks. Morales isn't crocked, is he? No, he's not. No, I thought he. But he's not no, exactly he, he, form, is he? He only missed that game because his wife had just given birth the day before so uh, inside knowledge from uh, Lloyd Parker although, <laughs> although it is public uh, um, knowledge is that yeah Phillips even if he is out it's only 5.8 minutes it doesn't really matter if you bench him you could probably get away with a minus 4 by doing Gabbardine and Hazard so I'd probably wait to, to kind of just see what's happening with Hazard as I'm going to do in which case you can just substitute Hazard and Gabbardine and if Phillips rots on your bench he rots on your, your bench uh, and that concludes Twitter today thank you Mr Parker a great return to the uh, to the pod yeah, cheers Parker so, chaps, that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Okay, so we're going to talk a bit about how you can get in contact with us, but just to uh, to shout out our Twitter poll of the week, which we're going to discuss, at FF underscore surgery on Twitter. What we're asking this week is when are you going to wildcard and actually have you wildcarded already? So please log into Twitter, join the poll on there, and join the discussion around the right time to wildcard following the suggestions of the surgeons. Other ways you can contact us, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com is our website. Learn more about the surgeons there. You can uh, speak to us on Facebook, forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. Listen to us on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. You can also email us as well, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Did we get any emails this week, Iceman? Um, no. No, Iceman is looking for a pen pal, so please <laughs> pop an email across, make that account worth it. And also, please join the fun in our Fancy Football Surgery podcast mini league. The code is 17603-6718. Send us your questions. Makes a really good podcast. It's really good to interact with all of you. Thanks for your ongoing support and ongoing listens. Just to interrupt there, Billy, uh, Tom Campbell has voted for us for the British Podcast Awards.com. Uh, I didn't know that was actually a, a thing that we could enter, but if you want to vote for us, please go to British Podcast Awards.com and vote for the Fancy Football Surgery. Great. Okay. Well, all that's left is to say goodbye to the surgeons. So to the Iceman. Right, cheers, Billy. Good luck in your game weeks, listeners. 
It's a big time, Charlie Parker. It's a big welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Good to be with you again, and good luck from the game week. And the man joining us from New Zealand, much appreciated, and a big congratulations for his Fancy Football Surgery Podcast Cup victory, Mr. Simon Garner. Thank you very much, Willie. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate being invited onto the call. It's been it's been a pleasure, and uh, I'll be voting for you guys in the uh, the podcast awards. But over and out. Okay, yeah. Thanks for that, Simon. And from me, Bully, it's a big thanks for listening once again, and good luck in your game weeks. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Billy's Jack got wheelchair. That, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> wheelchair. He's Jack wheelchair. That was quite funny. That was. I'm going to adopt that. I couldn't tell if you were saying it on purpose or if you were saying it from it. Oh, just your. Do you mean Wiltshire or wheelchair? <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> Did you come no, out? No, I said that? Wiltshire. <laughs> <laughs>